You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder and host of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform with clients in over 20 Broadway shows and other stages across the globe. We are your platform to help you with a journey in fitness and marrying that to your pursuit of a career in theater. So been doing this a long time, 17 years as a former actor myself and a trainer basically parallel to that the entire time. It's uh, been something that I've prided myself in to really just come up with that perfect equation on how actors should be training like athletes in and out of their show. So if you want, go to builtforthestage.com and we'll be on our way with a free trial on an interactive fitness app. No matter where you're at, New York, LA, Australia, doesn't matter. Hope to chat with you soon, builtforthestage.com. All right. Let's get on our way to our special guest. Special guest, as always, uh, wouldn't you guess it? I connected with our guest on the Instagram. Uh, an amazing performer, stacked resume. Um, I hope I don't, you know, make him blush or make him embarrassed to just brag on him. But a uh, bunch of Broadway shows was, you know, in that one skit called Hamilton. Played Alexander Hamilton recently. Was in Motown, Porgy and Bess, Scottsboro Boys, toured the country. Um, yeah, went to Wichita State University. I'm excited to chat with him about that. I have some uh, friends that went to this uh, university. So, all right, I'll stop rambling. Let's bring on our guest here. Please welcome to the podcast, Julius Thomas the Third. What's up, what's up? How are you? Hey, Julius. Thanks so much for coming on to chat. Um, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Glad to be here. You're in New York City right now? I am, and it is freezing. What's happening? <laughs> what uh, What part of, what borough of New York do you reside in? I live in Manhattan, I'm not too far away from the Empire State. It's very cool down here. Um, I really like it on this side. I usually live up in like Harlem, uptown, like uh, up in the like 170s was where I lived before I left and came back. And yeah. uh, I like being down here. All right. Let's, you know, like I told you before we hit record, super chill, just kind of shooting it, uh, like 
coffee shop style. Give us some pros and cons of living in like a place like Harlem in comparison to Manhattan, good and bad. Well, the biggest pro slash con is I do not have to buy a Metro card. <laughs> I just walk everywhere. So there's like, I don't even know how much they cost anymore. Probably close to 200 bucks at this point for a monthly. Yeah. Um, so that's one expense saved. Uh, the biggest con is that I have to walk everywhere. So <laughs> they almost cancel each other out, but I like saving the money more than I like saving my fee. Right, right, right. All right. So you're you're in the midst of it all and, and you can save yourself from the circus act that the train sometimes brings us all. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, post-COVID, I don't want to be on the train with a whole bunch of people fighting yeah. about and you know so mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. much better all right so you you recently how how far removed are you from hamilton right now my last show was on august 7th so mm. not that far you know it still very much lives in my brain and rent free um and uh <laughs> i find myself reciting the lyrics trying to remember if i see if i still remember it and you know it's still there and i'm running into my broadway ham fam and every time I run into somebody from Broadway, that it just brings back all these memories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and how long were you with the show? Since 2017. I started rehearsals in 2017. Wow. And you were, were you Hamilton this entire uh, time? Did you like explore? Did you like climb the ranks? How did this, ha how did it happen? Were you Hamilton from the jump? Excuse my ignorance of not knowing. No, you're good. Um, I was the once a week ham because we have like a seven show a week ham and a one show a week ham. Okay. So for a good nine months, I was the one show a week ham. So technically, yes. Uh, and then I took over um, my own company after going to Puerto Rico with the Lin Manuel Miranda cast, you know, that went out to Puerto Rico. And I was in understudy for a couple of months and then uh, took over for myself. Nice. Real quick, what was that like, that experience in Puerto Rico and, you know, working alongside of Lynn, you know, had it been pretty cool, huh? It was great. I mean, everything that you think about Lynn, if you haven't met him, is the truth. He is the sweetest man. He is so giving. He's so kind and like down to earth. And um, I got to sit and watch him do the original thing and drink drinks on the beach. Otherwise, you know, I didn't have to actually work while I was there. So it was pretty cool for me. <laughs> living that dream what what was like a highlight visiting uh in puerto rico like something cool that you either think about a lot or just was a, a highlight of that trip tourist wise definitely the food just finding like a little mom and pop like hole in the wall place with the best mofongo which i never thought i would like like the name when i you know i lived up in the heights um, and I would see the mofongo places and I didn't know what it was. And I would be like, mofongo does not sound like something I want to eat. But then I got to Puerto Rico and I tried mofongo for the first time. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I see what everybody's talking about. <laughs> All right. Cool. 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 Um, let's rewind before we get more into the present. When always an artist, you grew up in an artistic family. How did, how did this all start for you? Yeah. So, I mean, I've always sang there was, that was like my natural gift. And I grew up in the church. My dad was a minister and I uh, played the organ in the church that I grew up in. My mom is the treasurer and uh, sang in the choirs there. And so 
gospel was sort of the lens through which I began to understand and sort of touch on music. Uh, and then when I went away, uh, went to, uh, to, excuse me, to high school, I auditioned for my first musical as sort of like the in-between of track and cross country because I was an athlete. And it was just something to do so that I didn't have to go home every day, you know, in between those two seasons. But I never really thought of it as a career. Uh, and then I went away to college as a biology major, full scholarship, was going to be a physical therapist or a physician's assistant or some kind of doctor, and uh, ended up switching up about halfway through and deciding I'm going to sing and dance for a living. That's a big transition going from maybe the medical field to being on stage as a performer. Was was your family or your peers around you supportive of that? Or were they like, hey, Julius, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, whether or not they were terrified by it, because I did drop my full scholarship and move, you know, I was maybe about five hours away from home at first, and then I moved to 15 hours away from home. Um, whether or not they were terrified by it, they didn't show it. <laughs> they were just like, as long as you can support yourself and you're going to be happy and you feel like you can do this and not have to live in our house, go for it, kid. <laughs> yeah. And it was all smooth sailing or did you ever, once you were in the midst of it, doubting your decision? Uh in college, I never really doubted the decision to do it. I doubted my ability to make a living at it. And that was because I literally had teachers that were like, based on what we've seen you do, you will never be able to support yourself as an actor. I, I had people actually tell me that. Um, and so I was a little nervous about that part, but it, but it also just made me like hunker down and really like try to figure out what it was that they were seeing or not seeing. So it sent me back to the to the drawing board to just be like, how can I get better at this thing? And really quickly, because I'm already two and a half years behind everybody else that started in this uh, major. How or where did you get that kind of resiliency to just hear that negative feedback and instead of quitting, say, I'm going to dig in deeper? Oh, good question. I mean... I think it probably came from being an athlete because, you know, coaches all the time broke you down before they built you back up. And so I was no stranger to hearing your times aren't fast enough. You're not getting over these hurdles quick enough. Your split in the relay was not good enough. Like you're not picking up your steps fast enough. Like you need to, th there are things that you need to fix and you can fix them, but you got to work towards fixing them. Um, so I've never been afraid of fighting for a goal, you know, or, or seeing a goal at the, the end of the way and like shooting for it. Um, and also hearing the criticism and understanding that it's not, you're awful. It's you need to improve. Mm. And those are two very different things that actors I think can be very heady about. Got it. So maybe I took this, maybe I interpreted or assumed the wrong way. The feedback you were getting in school, was it that they were kind of bluntly cutting you down or were they in love saying like, hey, you're not quite hitting the mark right now? Uh, a little from all of the columns. I had some teachers that were like, you're terrible and you're never going to be a musical theater performer. Maybe you should switch. And I had some teachers... Um, a little tough. Uh, one of my teachers who was very good at sort of telling me, 
Get Better With Love actually just passed away yesterday. Wow. Um, so I, I had I had both ends. I had both ends of the spectrum. And I understood the ones that were saying to me, you're terrible and you're never going to do this. That just made me like, go. Oh, you have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea how hard I'm going to work. I'm already as good as the people that I'm around right now. And I'm two and a half years behind them. And I'm just getting started. So just watch, just wait. And then I had the people on the other hand who were doing it with love that I think it's sort of, it was the harder thing to sort of internalize because I was disappointing people that I truly wanted to do really well for. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the spectrum, the whole spectrum. Yeah. I want to keep clawing at this even more. And the reason is because, you know, I don't want you to, not because I'm wanting you to relive all of it, but for our listeners, it's so appreciative by me and I know by them from the feedback I get from our listeners and followers when they hear people share their struggles and how they persevered because they're going through it maybe right now, you know, as they're listening or as we speak. Um, I love what you said, like, you know, you had that kind of like, I'll show you mentality of like, you know, you might be saying that now, but just wait. So besides just saying, just wait, what did that do action wise for you? Like that, that professor of yours that did um, give you the truth or reality, but in love, like, did they help you uh, pave a plan or, or how did you continue to, to really pursue proving your doubters wrong, if you will? Yeah, it was a combination of things. I, I actually went to that teacher who told me that I would never be able to do it. And I, for lack of a better word, just said F it and was like, tell me what it is that you aren't seeing. What is the problem here? What is the issue? And in and, 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 and a bit of a confrontational way, because this director slash teacher was very confrontational. Um, and he, I think, sort of loved it that it was like he finally saw a fire from me that he, you know, was sort of hoping was in my belly. Um, <clears throat> so I went to him and I just said, like, what is it that's missing? What is the problem? What, because all of my life I've heard you're a fantastic singer. Oh, my goodness. You're going to, you know, if you want to do records, you want to do this, that or the other, you're going to be great. And with you, for whatever reason, you don't see it. What aren't you seeing? Um, and I, I love to, to, I just was thinking about this story about the, the teacher and her name is, I just want to speak her name, Danette Baker. Um, she, so Pippin is my dream show. And my junior slash senior year, I got to play the leading player in Pippin at my college. And after the show, she came up to me and she said she had the biggest smile and a bit of a tear in her eye. And she gave me the biggest hug. And she said, you almost had it. You were this close. And my heart was broken. My heart was so broken. And it's so interesting because I think about it now and I understand back then it was like a heartbreaking moment, but now I look at that moment and I go, the measure that she was looking for, the thing that she was looking for was for me to completely lose myself in the character and to not see any cracks in the facade. And so I just started seeking after that thing and asking anybody and whoever I could to help me get there, including her, um, and, and demanding it of myself. And I've had that experience several times now 
And there is nothing like it. And so every time I step out onto the stage, I am trying to have it, to just like to grab it, to find that thing that makes me completely lose myself. So it's a combination of, you know, asking the people that don't see it, getting love from the ones that do, and also pushing myself to like not settle for okay, for fine, for it'll do. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if if anyone saw my face, the reaction of when you said that uh, she said you almost had it. At first, yeah, it's heartbreaking. But when you look back, like you probably did, it doesn't help you for everyone to just say, you are wonderful. You're amazing. You're the best thing that's ever happened. You know, it's those tough conversations where someone close to you um, can actually help. You know, I'm not advising anyone listening to just go to a random stranger and say, you almost had it. But when you are in, (laughs) when you are in that tight knit circle, it's kind of like when you have something on your face, you know, and if you're a true friend, you're going to tell your friend like, hey, you got you have something on your face. You got some schmutz or, on your face. Yeah, exactly. You got some schmutz on your face. Or if you're just going to, you know, keep smiling and chatting and send them on their way with the schmutz on their face. You know, a true friend or a true person that cares about you will will say what, what the truth is. Um, okay, amazing. And, you know. I mean, I'm, that is a measure to me of a true friend. If you let me sit and talk to you for a good 20 minutes with something in my nose, a bat in my cave or something, I will go to the bathroom and I will be like, this person is literally staring at me and is letting me look crazy. I'm telling you, that's a pet peeve of mine as well. That's a big pet peeve (laughs) of mine. Um, Okay, that's gonna be a good segue, uh, this, this pet peeve question and now other questions. I do a little thing we call the BFTS hot seat. Uh, it's just a fun little thing. We're just going to ask a couple of fun questions that are similar to like, what's your biggest pet peeve? Um, it's just a nice little getting to know you section. And then uh, I want to get into your uh, teaching, your your uh, inspiration to teach the youth I've seen in uh, your bio. And also just like your uh, trajectory of your career and, and the ups and downs. But let's get into this hot seat real quick just to shake it loose uh, for a second, and then we'll be on our way. All right. So, Julius, you walk into a room, and the TV's playing, and there's a movie on that you've seen over 100 times. But no matter how many times you've seen this movie, you have to stop and watch it. What's this movie? Uh, Devil Wears Prada. Okay, amazing. Good start. All right, you are commuting to wherever, class, rehearsal, a friend's house, a job. You're feeling a little groggy. You need to pick me up. What is that go-to song that you're going to be listening to for your pick me up? Ooh, good question. Probably uh Sunshine when you're with me I can fly by Raul Midan. Okay, cool. I got to look that one up. Yeah, All right. You, uh, you're in the city and it not something like well-known that maybe like everyone knows of, but your favorite food or drink spot that, you know, friends in town, you're like, oh, we got to go here. Where is that place for you? Okay. So this is the sad thing is that since I left in 2017 and came back, all of my favorite places have closed. Mm. <laughs> so I got to find new places. So if you got some place that you think is great for me, I'll take it. 
<laughs> All right, cool. Everyone listening, uh, comment on this and give uh, Julius and myself some some recommendations. Uh, preferably, I guess, in the Manhattan area right now, kind of close-ish to the Empire State Building. I will um, say, I will say, sorry, hot seat's supposed to be quick, but Peace Food Cafe is still here, and I do love me some Peace Food Cafe. Okay, there we go, Peace Food Cafe. You are, uh, you left this earth, but you're reincarnated as an animal. Which animal are you going to be and why? Cheetah. Easy. <sighs> okay, why? Speed, agile, good and quick bursts, but mostly just like very chill otherwise. Me. Okay. All right. <laughs> Maybe you'll go back to what your original path was, but if you weren't a performer or any type of artist, what would you be doing right now? Um, is it gonna? Are you gonna go back to the medical field, or are you gonna change your mind and pick something else? It would probably be physical therapy or massage therapy. Those are the two things. It's still helping or being involved in passionate people who love to do physical things, which is um, what we do as actors. Uh, but just on the other side of it, helping other people to live out their passions. Okay, last question. If you could teleport or time travel or whatever means of getting to another place, what place and time era would you go to? Uh, probably would try New York City in the 70s. All right, fabulous. Uh, give me a why. I'm a 70s baby. Everything about the music, I look great in a high-waisted pant. Like, I was built for it, man. <laughs> That's my era. All right. I'm with it. Congratulations. You're off the hot seat. You nailed it. Uh, it. Amazing job. <laughs> All right. So uh, we, we get out of college from Wichita State. We go through some of the tough conversations with uh, your professors what happens next? You move to New York and they roll out the red carpet and you just start booking everything or, or what happens after that? No. So by the time I got done with college, I felt like I needed more time because again, I only had two and a half years to sort of do this whole thing to be a student of, of theater and the arts. So I wanted to be a teeny tiny fish in a smaller size pond. And also I wanted to be close to family. So I moved to Chicago and uh started being an adult first in chicago and and that thing did happen where i like got here and worked really hard and within the first couple of auditions i think i booked my got my equity card and you know booked a show in chicago and we were off to the races but i just needed to feel more confident and new york wasn't the place i could already tell that new york wasn't the place that i was going to feel that confidence so yeah okay so what was the first show that you booked in chicago uh, so the first show that I booked, telling y'all something that I don't usually talk about, is uh, for was for the Marriott Theater, Marriott Lincolnshire, and it was in the ensemble of Thoroughly Modern Millie. And I was going to tap and do my whole thing, which was huge for me. I was like, yes, it's happening. And um, it was so far away from home. Like, it was like two-hour drive both ways. And they were only paying like $500 at the time. And that was barely going to cover like the gas. So I said, I have to keep auditioning just to see what happens. And the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee was casting for the Chicago company. And I went in and through a string of a bunch of auditions, including one in which James Lapine was like, eh, he's fine. Uh, <laughs> ended up booking that and becoming equity and then spending two and a half years in that show. 
he said, huh, he's fine as in like a joke, like he's really good or or what? No, he, yeah, he, he actually he actually uttered these words out loud with yes, in your presence. So we were, <laughs> I think we were at um, Chicago Shakes was the place that we were auditioning. And so they have risers and under and behind the risers are the entrance to the theater. So you can't see people entering and exiting. They come around the state, the stairs and then go up onto the stage. And so he probably thought that I was out of the room, but I was still making my way out of the room after finishing performing. And he was like, eh, it's fine. And it's all good because James and I have talked about the moment. Like he's a lovely man. I just probably wasn't bringing it that day or whatever. Um, but it's just so funny because he said that and then I ended up booking the job anyway. <laughs> you booked the job and then once again, you had another I'll show you moment, right? It's another true. Oppor another opportunity to rise above. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, let's, uh, I'm interested in this. You're in Chicago because you felt like it was a better fit. When... Did you feel like quote unquote ready or what was it about this time in your life that you said, okay, I'm going to go to New York? Yeah. So a lot of things happened between booking the job, doing it. And then, you know, um, so I did the show in Chicago for a nice chunk of time, probably like a year and a half. And then they came back and they said, the national touring company is turning over would you like to come be on the national touring company in your same facility? And I said, yeah, let's do it. And so for nine months, I toured the country and parts of Canada with the show, which made it about two and a half years of being with the show. And since I had only been in one show in Chicago and it wasn't like for one of the actual Chicago houses, it was a Broadway touring company come to sit down in Chicago. Um, I felt like nobody really knew me in Chicago at that point. So I said, I can either go back and start over in Chicago and, you know, hit that glass ceiling monetarily that I had already been at, or I think I'm ready. Maybe it's time to just like go try it in New York now and see what, what New York might have for me. I got some credits on my resume. Let's go. So after the tour, I packed up my life, moved to New York and have not looked back. Did I hear you right? Were you on tour for two and a half years? I was on tour for nine months, and then the rest of that was the Chicago sit-down. Got it. So you toured and then sat down? So uh, sit-down first, Chicago sit-down first, and then the tour needed recasting, so they just moved a lot of the Got Chicago it. people to the... Okay, so, but the whole thing for you, it was two and a half year span, all of that. Yeah. Got it. Okay, cool. All right, so, and this was Spelling Bee, right? Putnam County mm -hmm. Spelling Bee. 
Okay. Yeah. So two and a half years of that, then you change location. How do you like exit the spelling bee <laughs> after all that time in it, enter a new city and then find your, your grounding, uh, you know, your, your feet under you. And maybe this is something you share when you have your talks with, you know, the, the colleges you've been to or their master classes you've done, like, how, how do you share this insight with others on finding your footing after living the same show or thing for that amount of time? Yeah, well, since I was like very young and restless and um, ready to sort of like do something else, it was it was an easy decision. It was also made for me because the show went non-equity. So, so I couldn't continue on with it. So the show was sold to some other company that took it out with non-union actors. And that was when I made the decision, you know, I've got a nice credit on my resume, let's move. Um, and I moved, the funny thing is that I moved to New York with like two suitcases and a dream, like everybody does. What is it? Uh, um, three bucks, two bags, one me. Is yeah. that the Annie quote? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally me. <laughs> Only me, but without the wig. Um, <laughs> uh, so I got there and immediately started auditioning and took my little, you know, took my little self to this call for for a show called Xanadu. And I had heard of this show. It was the I'd seen the movie with Olivia Newton-John, and you know, like I loved roller skating. We did it a lot as kids. And so I said, this is this would probably be a really cool show for me to go in for. And I did. And got the call back, booked it, and immediately, guess where they asked me to go with the show? Chicago. Chicago! <laughs> <laughs> so I moved uh, to New York to move back to Chicago. <clears throat> got it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, let's, let's fast forward to coming back to New York, uh, doing Hamilton, uh, exiting Hamilton in August what uh what's been up since august have you just given your time yourself the time to kick your feet up and say hey you've been at this a while go ahead take a you know a chill pill did you jump right into pursuing something else that you're in the midst of what's life been like since since august uh really busy really interesting the goal was to sit still to like kick my feet up, but also to sort of begin to revamp. Like I did Hamilton for five years. So my muscles in my throat were trained to do something very specific. My body has been trained to do something very specific and I haven't really auditioned or, you know, sang in any real way other than doing the show. So I wanted to give myself the opportunity to come back here and just really be a student again and to relearn about myself but I'm also the king of hus of hustle. And the moment that I got back, you know, a phone call came in like, hey, we saw on your Instagram that you're back in town. You want to come sing in this concert? And I'm like, well, let me see if I can actually sing. OK, I think I can do it. Yes, let's do it. Oh, hey, you want to come be a part of this reading? Yeah, I can't say no. Yes, I will come do the thing. So it's been a lot of like... Um, auditioning, taking classes, and also trying my hardest to pick and choose little projects to be a part of while I um, wait for myself to feel like ready to really jump back in. So a lot of planning, a lot of that. Uh, something you said about, I 
was using my voice in a very particular way for the show for a long period of time. And, and it's no stranger to myself or, or anyone where you say, you know, the voice is, is no different than any other muscle in the body or whatever. But, you know, I, I preach to my clients so much that, Hey, just because you're being active in your show doesn't mean that you should stop your physical training, just like any other athlete that is a professional basketball or football or whatever player, they don't just stop training. They have to continue to train because they have to put themselves through different scenarios that they're given sport or show is not. And you're so right. I was in a show for two years or whatever. And I remember very distinctly that I felt at one point that I can only sing my show well. And when I would go to sing other stuff, I would feel like garbage just because I wasn't trying to, you know, continue to keep up with it like I should have. And it's no different in in training uh, physically, like in the gym or whatever. So thanks for bringing it up. Uh, physical fitness for you. You seem like you're not a stranger to it. You like to work out. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes out, it came out of, it is now a different thing, but it came out of being rail thin and six foot tall for the majority of my life um, and having everybody, you know, call me all the, all the little names, the little skinny, you know, this, that, or the other, um, and wanting to feel, wanting to feel different than that. I'll just say that, wanting to feel different than that. And also wanting my career to reflect something different as I aged and, you know, kept climbing and trying to do different things. I wanted to be seen as the leading man. And, and so that required me sort of like hustling and getting my butt into uh, the gym four or five times a week, just trying to, you know, build that muscle mass and create the body that I saw the men that I wanted to, you know, build my career after looking like. So <clears throat> I do. I really love it. I'm taking a little bit of a break from it right now just because I can't force myself to go. My, my willpower is a little funky, but um, we'll get back there. But yeah, I've spent quite a bit of my life really enjoying being an active workout person. <laughs> yeah. So at first, maybe you were motivated through um, negativity and, and I guess hateful or, or teasing, whatever, like you were saying. Now, my hope for you, and ho hopefully you can share, like how, when did you like segue out of like that being the motive and now like, for instance, now you say, I'm taking a break. What is it in your head of like, you're saying to yourself why you're going to continue? You know, a break is fine, but what is it going to be? What's going to get you back there and the reasoning for it? And this is something I think is very helpful to anyone listening. Yeah, it's an important part of my self-worth. I love the way that I feel after I've completed a good workout. I love the way that it, after two, three months of hitting the gym really well, I love the way that I look when I look in the mirror. It's a, it's an important thing for my well-being, my mental well-being to look in the mirror and to like, you know, the thing that I see. I'm in a very visual business. And so I don't necessarily think that that's the greatest motivator, but it is the thing that like gives me my endorphins to like go work out and feel good about myself and go pow, boom, boom, pow. There's my little abs. There's my arms, you know? So yeah. I know that I'll eventually get back there just because I do actually love it. I love doing it and I love the way that it makes me feel and look. Um, and I also want to do it for the right reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone <laughs> listening, like 
start with two things, just general health, like the, the umbrella of general health, like you should be moving your body. We were meant to move. We shouldn't just be sitting behind a screen or yeah, a, I'll just say a screen. Cause that's what we're all doing inevitably one way or another. So just moving. And then the second is go for the feeling, the mental health part of it as well. And if you stick to that, the, the way you look or the way you might want to look will just follow, you know, if you train, uh, let's say you're trying to work on jumping rope better. If you practice jumping rope better for 10 minutes and you're focusing on that, inevitably your, your physical health, your, uh, performance and your aesthetic will all follow suit. So you can still prioritize the performance and the betterment of our mental health and feeling. And that aesthetic stuff is going to follow suit no matter what. So thanks for saying that, Julius. Appreciate it. Um, with us wrapping this up, appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Um, with being in the arts, do you find it important to find balance in other areas of your life? Or are you kind of like, sing, dance, act, write, you know, arts, 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 or do you like, what else do you dive into in your life? If anything? Yeah, no, the, the really interesting thing about that period of time that happened, you know, a couple, a year ago that we're now better from, and we don't mention the pandemic, um, is that it really forced me to sit still and to figure out who am I without somebody else's stage to get on? Who am I when someone is not handing me a contract to come be a, a part of their show when I'm not putting myself on someone's line? Um, <clears throat> and, I, and I really, as odd as it is to say, I really thrived during the pandemic because it allowed me to get back to a lot of the things that I really love, like um, writing music and uh, going to the gym as often as I like to, and games, gaming, board games, things that I have not had an opportunity to do in a long time. Comic books. I'm a huge comic book fan and graphic novel fan. All right, wait, wait, wait. Give us a, a character or two, or or what's what's some of your your stuff you love? Comic books. Uh, so right now, graphic novel wise, I'll say I'm reading Saga, okay. uh, Paper Girls, which is a little older, and I started at the beginning of the uh, Walking Dead series. Uh, probably as far as the, either the Marvel or, or the, yeah, but let's stick with Marvel. When Marvel is concerned, I love anything that has to do with a team. So if there's a team involved, X-Men, um, Avengers, Power Pack, love the Power Pack. Um, then I'm, then I'm here for it. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. I had, I had to ask, I got, um, my two dogs, uh, Thor and Pepper Potts, uh, Iron Man's girlfriend for That's anyone yeah, they're sitting behind me. Look. Nice. Pepper. Yeah. Pepper. <laughs> there they are, the, the mighty Thor and, and Pepper. Yep. Um, okay, sorry to interrupt you. All right, so gaming, board games, uh, writing music. Writing, you said writing? Yeah. What, yeah. Kind, what kind of music in particular? Do you like uh, popular music or what kind of st uh, styles? You know, I played, I'm in the midst of trying to get a couple of things ready for release. And I played some of it for my dad, who is a huge mu music buff. And he was like, I don't know what this style is. I think you are 
creating something of your own here. And so I don't know, maybe it's like a conglomeration of all the things that I love because I'm a huge folk, R&B, um, neo soul. Uh, you give me James Taylor any day of the week and I will sit and listen to it all day long. Um, Brazilian music, Latin music, like I, I just hear all these things and I, and I take elements from them and I love them. And on top of that, my voice is really like light and sweet and melodic. So whatever that does to that music is like, it's, I, I guess it's its own thing because my dad can't even figure it out. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, make sure you, you let us know when you release that. And I'd love to direct our, our listeners to it for sure. Amazing. Thank you. Julius, that's it for today. I've taken enough of your time. It's been an awesome episode. Really love this journey that we just went on for the past 38 minutes or so. A um, lot of insight. Everyone that just listened, um, re-listen to it <laughs> and share it, with your, <laughs> share it with your friends. Make sure you follow Julius on the gram, Julius Thomas 3. And anything that you want to know about Julius further, you can check out the description of this episode for his website and other helpful things like that. Julius, thanks so much. Good to chat with you. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. Julius Thomas III there. Really cool guy. Really cool. Glad I got to meet him. Glad I got to chat. Um, glad you all joined us. Again, if you want to try that free trial, billforthestage.com. Make sure you give Julius a follow on the gram. Julius Thomas 3. I'm Joe Roscoe. Actors are athletes. Train like one. Later. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.